The Chicago Bulls have now fallen to 5-10 and 10 on the season, a season which has already felt like a long, emotional season for many Bulls fans. And considering we still have six, 67 games left, we're in for a hell of a ride. We're going to talk about the game that the Bulls lost to the Miami Heat. We're also going to talk about the reported interest around Alice Crusoe and Patrick Williams, and if I believe that or not. And we're going to get into, should the Chicago Bulls be more willing to move off some of their veteran pieces to really start a true rebuild? We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. Chicago Bulls lost 118 to 100. Uh, to the Miami Heat. It was just, listen, at the end of the day, when you look at it, the Miami Heat completely dominated that game from start to finish. The Bulls got off to another slow start, not as bad of a slow start, right? Uh, not the 22 to 1, right? But they still got off to a slow start. But at the end of the day, the Bulls just, they didn't win a single quarter in this game. And despite some efficient shooting on the night for, for the most part, uh, we just couldn't get it done. The Chicago Bulls shot the ball over 50% from the field. Um, in the first half of the game, and I think over 40% from three-point range. They ended up finishing the game 29% from three-point range and 45% from the field. You know, not great numbers, but still respectable, more respectable than what they've shot the ball at times this season. But then when you look at it, right, the, the stat sheet would be misleading, and this is why I always say it's bigger than, the, than what the box score will show you. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine both shot the ball efficiently, didn't shoot the ball very much at all. DeMar DeRozan uh, goes 6-10 uh, of 10 from the field for 15 points, Five assists, four rebounds, one block. Solid stat sheet. Not amazing, but solid. Zach Levine goes five of nine from the field, two of six from three-point range. He also chips in three rebounds, five assists, and uh, only one turnover from Zach Levine. Efficient basketball, 13 points from him. Alex Caruso with 13 points, going four of ten, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Alex Caruso always fills up the stat sheet. And then you had Kobe White leading the Chicago Bulls and scoring with 20 points. Um, he also had five rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, two turnovers from Kobe White. Vooch had an 18-8 and eight game, but Vooch was absolutely abysmal uh, defensively in most part of that game. They attacked the paint. They attacked uh, Vooch, and they they finished around the rim. Now, it wasn't all on Vooch, right? Some uh, The point of attack defense was god-awful for most part in this uh, game as well. And that's just what it comes down to. The Bulls also 11 turnovers. The Miami Heat won the second-chance points. They won the transition points. They won the points-off turnovers. They won every single meaningful battle. While the Bulls did lead the rebounding battle, in the first half, they ended up losing the rebounding battle by double digits. Like, this game was trash. Like, it was absolute trash played by the Chicago Bulls. That just is what it is, right? And the Bulls team keeps losing games by just lack of execution overall. And, you know, again, this was another night where the shooting wasn't necessarily terrible, but it wasn't great either. Zach Levine, for the first time in his career as a Chicago Bull, had back-to-back games where he took 10 shots or less. He, this never happened. Never happened at all. The Chicago Bulls are also the dead last team in the league in points scored in the first quarter. Those type of things. It's just tough to win games with those type of with that type of play. And the Chicago Bulls got some. Listen, I keep we keep can keep saying all day that they got some questions that they need to find answers to. But at some point, you have to realize the answers to those questions aren't on your roster. You're probably not going to find it with this version of the roster, and that's currently where we sit at right now. Zach Levine on the shooting, he says this, I was trying to do uh, do everything I could to be aggressive, get down and create for others. I think me and DeMar both were playing the right way and taking shots when we needed to. It worked last game. Today was a different story. Now, 
as far as it working last game, it worked in the sense that you did get the win. Um, but overall, like I would say this, they are changing the way that they play. And and you can you can't deny that. I know, you know, I've even criticized Zach for not taking more shots, especially earlier in games, things like that. But he is doing some other things and trying to facilitate and create for others. It's it's a fact there, right? Now it's not being successful in it. And I think that we need Zach and Demar to be Zach and Demar to a degree. Yes, we do need them to move the ball a little bit more. We need the, the not to have as much isolation ball. We need those things, but we still need them to be the aggressive scorers that they can be. Because I tell you what, when you get one to two of Demar, Zach, or Vooch going, any combination of the two of those going, the other guy kind of facilitating for up for the other players, whatever it is. That's when the Bulls have been at their most dangerous, at least as long as we have this version of the Chicago Bulls roster. And so at this point, I don't know if it's an indictment against Billy Donovan. I don't know. If, I'm not going to say that the players, there's a lot of possible storylines you can go into and, and we can get into the soap opera type things. But at the end of the day, regardless of whatever anybody's doing, it's not working for this Chicago Bulls team. We are five games below 500, We're only 15 games into an 82 game season. There are 67 games left on this season. And right now, it don't feel, don't look, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to pull it around. Now, depending whatever happens with Zach Levine, could change some things, could change the outlook. We'll see what that ends up happening with that. But again, you guys know, I've said it before, I don't have a very positive outlook. The Bulls haven't won a trade outright, honestly, since the Eddie Curry trade. And, uh, you know, I'm just talking about a straightforward trade, not signing trades, whatever. They ha- We haven't won one. And so, at the end of the day, I look at it like this. Um... The Bulls have to get the Zach Levine trade right, right? Whatever ends up happening with it. And I know some Bulls fans are still holding out hope. Oh, well, maybe we're not going to, maybe we can do this. Zach Levine's on his way out. And that's it. And I understand it from both sides of the, of, of the total when it comes to that. I understand Zach Levine just wanting to go to a winning situation. And unfortunately, this Chicago Bulls front office and ownership has not created a winning situation for anyone. Now, Billy Donovan also had some comments as far as uh, the, the play out there on the court, and he said this. My conversations, talking about Zach Levine, my conversations with him have been more about basketball piece of it and how, as a staff and, and myself, can help him. What he's seeing out there, how it can impact the slow starts. I did not see anything different from him in the locker room when I walked in. I didn't get a guy who wasn't in the locker room or in a different room or upset or pouting or turned around. I talked to him after the game. He talked to the players after the game. I saw the normal Zach Levine. He also said this when it comes into it. If you look at his play, uh, and that's what I'm focused on, the coaching piece, he's generating a lot of assists for guys in terms of closeout opportunities. I like to see him be more aggressive in the first halves like he is in the second halves. I think that would help our team. I think he's trying to help our defense. So you're hearing from the the coach there that he typically likes the way that Zach Levine is playing. He does want him to be more aggressive in the first halves. And when you really look at it, just a couple of more shots, right, for those that are really you know, shitting on Zach Levine for the number of shots that he does or does not take, which I understand that as well. You just add four more shots in the first half. That t- that looks more like the typical Zach Levine that we're used to seeing. So he is making adjustments to his game. We talked about the adjustments that they, the team as a whole were trying to do coming into the season. And like I've said, what, about four games into the season, the Chicago Bulls are finding a different way to get there, but the results are staying the same and the results are struggle. And so that's what we're seeing from the Chicago Bulls team. And so you know, him and DeMar, would I like to see them be more aggressive? Absolutely. Would everyone, like, do we need them to be? That's apparent. Shout out to the game that Kobe White had, right? Kobe White leading the Chicago Bulls in scoring. Alex Caruso bringing the energy yet again. Billy Donovan has already said he wants to see the starting lineup that uh, with Alex Caruso at the four for a few more games before he makes any more changes to that starting lineup. So we're going to have that small ball lineup out there for the at least the foreseeable future. I would say we're probably going to make it through 
this road stretch that the Chicago Bulls are going out on before you see any other changes to that starting lineup. And so, you know, whatever that brings or does not bring, it is what it is there. But we got tests coming in, right? And I can't even say they're tests. We got we got whole mountains to try to climb, right? We got OKC Thunder first on Wednesday. We got the Toronto Raptors on Friday, a team that always plays this stuff. And then we got Brooklyn on Sunday and Boston next Tuesday. So it's going to be the next week for the Chicago Bulls. They're going to be on the road the next week. They've been at home for basically two weeks at this point in time. It's going to be a tough stretch for the Bulls. And this may be the stretch that completely breaks either the Bulls fans or the mentality of the team. And so, you know, that's where it sits right now. Now, a lot of people have still been asking and, you know, talking about the situation with Zach and the Bulls PR. And Billy Donovan had this to say about it. Video of Zach after that last game. What was your reaction to that? What was your disappointment level? And have you spoken to him about that and his reaction? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it in real time. You know, obviously I'd heard about it. Um, I, I think it's in – well, the first thing I would say is that just me being here for the time that I've been here, um, I really think we have really good quality people, like really good people. And that goes from players to medical to PR, but I think they're really great people to work with. My thing is I want everybody to treat each other with respect and class and help each other do their job. Because we all have jobs to do, and they're very demanding, and they're difficult. And there's, there's emotions in that, right? You know, the only thing I'll say about Joe is, is it's been handled internally. It's been discussed internally. I don't want to get into what those conversations are or what happened, but certainly it's been addressed. But that would be my wish is that everybody, you know, helps each other in their job and handling their job and doing their job to the best of their ability. Did you, did you handle it, or was it – I just want to say it was just internally handled. I'll just leave it at that. I just want to leave it at that, that it was internally handled. In your time here, don't you feel that uh, Zach is more often than not treated people with respect? Yes, absolutely. Yep. But I'm saying that goes across the board for everything, even when you guys are not there, you know, whether it's our coaching staff dealing with the cleaning people that are coming in at 5 o'clock in the morning to clean the place up, or whether it's the people in the kitchen that are cooking meals for, for our staff and, and people, you know, whoever it is. You know, when we're in that building, everybody's doing a job, and you all want to be treated you know, in a way, really more so to help each other do their job. I think that's important. You know, everybody needs some kind of help in their job. You know, not that they need to have the job doing, but you can make the job easier for somebody, you know, and I, and I think that we've all just got to be mindful of helping one another. And let that be it. We're closing the chapter on that. It is what it is. Billy Donovan said it was handled internally. I like the way that he explained it, saying that both everybody has a job to do. They're there to do a job. We can help people do a job. That's it. We're closing the chapter on that. We're moving the hell on. With that said, there was a report that came out yesterday, and, and talking about moving on, uh, that their teams are getting a are having a lot of interest in Alice Caruso and Patrick Williams, and that really the Alice Caruso part doesn't surprise me, and the Patrick Williams part, I don't, I have an interesting take on it that I want to know how you guys feel. Experience the thrill of March Madness if you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home. Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. About it. For one, 
Um, when it comes to Alex Caruso, we know every team that's a championship contender should be making calls on Alex Caruso. And the reason being, he's a he's a nine and a half million dollar contract. It's easy to match that contract. He has another year of a cap of a friendly contract and at, at, at not over a little over nine million dollars. And then at that point in time, you'd have to resign him. And when Alex Caruso resigns, he's getting at least at least fifteen to eighteen million dollars when he signs his next contract with what he's been able to prove and how he's been able to impact the game positively. Um, and so that is why you're probably seeing when you hear people say, like, there's technically more interest in Alice Caruso than it is for Zach. Because, listen, it's not a $40 million contract. It's so much easier to fit and match a contract for $9.5 million without completely really upending a lot of your team. And then keep in mind, too, um, with the Alice Caruso probably going to a team that's a near contender, that means that their first-round picks aren't going to be high. So the Bulls can get multiple first-round picks back potentially for Alice Caruso. So the market out there for Alex isn't something that I'm necessarily I'm not I'm not I'm not surprised at. I'm not surprised at, at all when it comes down to it. I think it makes a lot of sense that there's a, a big market for Alex Caruso. And I think that if the Bulls do look to go completely blow up this roster, right, and completely kind of start the scorch the earth and start over, um, that Alex Caruso could be on the move and the Bulls could get some nice assets back for it. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. But then you get into the Patrick Williams piece of that, that a lot of teams are interested in Patrick Williams, and this comes down to uh, posturing in, in a way right do I think that teams could be interested in Patrick Williams absolutely you know why because I think a lot of teams see and especially if you're a team that trusts and has time to develop that you look at Patrick Williams and say listen the Bulls are probably have to we can get him probably for low right now if you look at the history of former lottery picks that have struggled to end up being traded you don't get big returns back for him so if a team does still believe in the in the in the potential of Patrick Williams then they look at it and say hey that situation over in Chicago is fucking shitty and so Patrick Williams, we still think that Patrick Williams has some potential left in him, and we think that we can untap that. For example, if a team like the San Antonio Spurs wanted to trade for Patrick Williams as part of any other deal, I would say that they they trust that they're going to be able to develop him and make him hit closer to that ceiling he came into the NBA with. So it doesn't, it surprises me in some ways, but it doesn't at, at, in others because I do think the vultures are starting to circle the Chicago Bulls. And because those vultures are circling, it means that they think that they can get some of these pieces off the Bulls fairly easily. And Patrick Williams being a former lottery pick, a pick that's a player that's still going to be younger than some rookies coming into the league, that if you think you can get that player low and a low-risk deal, you would you would be crazy not to be interested in, especially if you're a team that's not necessarily a, 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 a team that's pushing for a championship and you... If, uh, if you can get him to hit a ceiling, it completely raises the, the 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 potential of your roster. It doesn't surprise me in that sense that some teams would be interested in Patrick Williams either. But I don't think the Bulls should bite on it because I don't think the return's going to get back well on that. I just don't. I don't see it for 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 that in a potential Patrick Williams deal. Now, if you pa- if you package Patrick Williams with a player like Alice Caruso because Alice Caruso's salary so low, maybe you do something like that. But at the end of the day, I still think that there is a higher chance than not. Patrick Williams is back on the Chicago Bulls team. But with that said, we're talking about the Bulls kind of moving into it. There have been a lot of people that expect now the Bulls to be sellers. And while everything that we're hearing kind of internally has said that the Bulls aren't planning to go full rebuild, they aren't planning to blow everything up, the biggest question that we have here is, again, is this front office going to be missing and putting themselves behind the eight ball yet again by refusing to deal some of the veterans, right? Do not get me wrong. I love Alice Caruso. I like DeMar DeRozan to a degree. I have my issues with DeMar as a player, but as a guy, I like DeMar. I understand what Vooch can be when he's used to his best of his ability, even though I think that that slide may be happening. And that is why I do think the Bulls are in a position or should be at least considering moving off 
the, all three of the core three. And the reason why I say that is DeMar's only getting older. At 34 years old, he's only getting older. At some point, that slide is happening. I don't think his slide will be massive because DeMar is just an efficient and smart player. Nikola Vucevic, you, you got Nick. I love Vooch. You guys know I've been a Vooch supporter when people were shitting on Vooch. But at some point, depending on what you get back for the Zach Levine trade, and it really hit all hinges on that, if they get a nice deal back for Zach Levine, then okay, cool. You keep it pushing, right? Whatever you want to do. But I do think by not making yourselves at least open to the possibility of moving off most of the core three, if not all three of them, you put you may put yourself in a worse position or again, find yourself behind the eight ball. And that is one thing that we find this front office doing. They don't commit all to one, one thing or another. And I think at this point, it's time to com- commit to, to one path, meaning that if you're going to compete, go full compete, meaning you may have to trade off some of these young pieces to bring in veterans, not necessarily older players, but players that have been in the NBA for sure, that you know what you're getting in them. And if you're not going to do that, go younger. Let these players develop. Kobe White is a player that still has room to develop and grow. Uh, uh, Julian Phillips, he still, hey, listen, of course he still has room. He's a rookie, right? So I think that at some point, this team has to pick a true direction, not try to live in both worlds. Teams can develop while competing, but usually that means you've already been in or had had a foundation of a team that's been making playoff runs for a handful of years. The Bulls team doesn't have that. So you have to ask yourself, really, what is this Bulls team doing by holding on to everything? Now, again, I do think that this all comes down to what you end up getting back in a Zach Levine trade. And like I said, I know a lot of people are holding out hope that this thing doesn't happen. It's happening. You get with it. December 15th is coming. And at that point in time, that's probably when the rumors are going to even go in, in, in a fuller gear. We're going to get a picture of what the Bulls really want to do with this move that's coming. But that's kind of my thought process on it. You guys can let me know what you guys think on everything down below. But like I said before, the mailbag is filling up because Bulls fans are pissed. And we got a pissed off Bulls fan in the mailbag today. We're going to go to one voicemail. This one's from Tyler. What's up, Hayes? It's Tyler. I'm calling from New Jersey. Love the show. Um, but I don't really like the Chicago Bulls right now. Look, I have never, ever in my natural born life, and I've, I've been watching a whole lot of NBA basketball, right? I've been watching, um, teams like the 2003, 2004 Detroit Pistons, a team that I grew up with. I've watched the, um, the Miami Heat from 2013, 2014 with like LeBron James, Chris Bosch, Wayne of the Crew. I have never seen a team play with less heart and less fucking fight than the Chicago Bulls have played in this game. I mean, it's a combination of a, a few things, really. Number one, we have no leadership and no direction whatsoever. It seems like the front office doesn't even give a damn. It's like the ownership and whoever's like the general manager, whoever's leading like the front office, just doesn't even give a fucking shit about the Chicago Bulls. And quite frankly, as a first-year Bulls fan, I'm almost, I'm almost to the point of saying, you know what, screw it, screw it. Totally rebuild. I mean, I knew that when Lonzo Ball got hurt, I knew my first year as a Bulls fan would be really difficult, but my God, my God, did I take a really long time to um, support this team. Now, I still love Chicago. I still love the Bulls. I still love the United Center, but God damn it, God damn it, this team is 
filled with so many holes, it's not even fucking funny. We cannot even read the scouting report. We allow guys like Hopkins Jr. to go absolutely off. We allow them to get offensive rebounds. We don't have a fucking clue what boxing out means. We don't know how to grab offensive rebounds. We don't know how to win 50-50 balls. And I love the fact that Kobe White played his heart out tonight. But if Al Caruso is the only bull that plays with heart every single night, we're not going to go anywhere. Honestly, the Chicago Bulls need a team leader. As a matter of fact, we need a team captain because we haven't had a damn leader in Chicago since Derrick Rose and Michael Jordan. I'm sick of this shit, man. We're all sick of it. Until something changes, this is going to be a long season for me. This might not be the only time that you heard from me, Hayes. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do for the show. Go Bulls. Trying to survive. I love this voicemail because, yes, the Bulls struggle at the basics. Moving without the ball. Closing out. Well, boxing out. Following up your shot. Fighting for offensive rebounds. This team struggles at the basics. Now, again, that comes down some to coaching. That comes down some to the roster construction. That comes down some to players. And this them not only having the personal responsibility of how they play and, and holding themselves accountable. There's a lot that goes into that. The Bulls also not having a leader. Alex Caruso is probably the closest thing we have to a leader on this team. DeMar is that in the locker room. He's a locker room leader, absolutely. And I don't want to take that away from him. But I'm talking about on the court, somebody who's going to get in guys' faces. We don't have that. And typically, when this Chicago Bulls team does that, it, it, it looks like a bunch of goddamn people just arguing over stupid shit, right? It doesn't look like somebody taking the reins of ownership of this team and trying to really guide this team to play better than what they have been doing. And so a team without a leader, a team without drive, a team without focus is always destined to fail. And that is what we're seeing right now from the Chicago Bulls team. And it's been a struggle. And it's going to continue to be a struggle until this team steps up and tries to get some shit done. And let's hope, well, let's hope, like like I said, regardless of wherever side you sit on the Zach Levine trade, the one thing that this is going to do is force this front office to do something different. And that's something that I, for one, appreciate, right? And I hope that we can come out on the other side of this with a more clear direction and path. Am I, am I being too hopeful? Probably. But that's my hope, at least, coming into this. But thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.